0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Beer and Bants. My name's Chris, and as usual, we'll go straight into the tried and tested for this episode, which is one I'm quite surprised that I haven't covered before, because I actually do quite enjoy it. It's um, a beer called Whitstable Bay. Now, this is from a brewery called Shepherd's Neem. Now, I've covered... I think I've covered at least one of Shepherd's Neem's beers before. They do... uh, I think the one I covered was Master Brew, which is quite nice. They also do things such as, like, Spitfire. They're more the kind of traditional... English ales I'd say um, they do kind of like there's variate, obviously different variations of it um, but generally they're kind of your old school classics now <clears throat> Mr. Bull Bay is a pale ale so this one's got some citrus aromas uh, it's got it's pale golden look citrus fruits and spice on the smell and malt citrus and fruity on the taste that is what the bottle tells me obviously I will confirm with you in a second now, it is 4%. So, again, not too hardcore on the old Rick to scale, but it just coming in bottles of 500ml. So, you know, depending on how much you enjoy drinking, some people prefer to go for lots of varieties and smaller bottles. Some people prefer, like, higher quantity. But, yeah, let's have a bit of, a, you know, a bit of an assessment, shall we? So, on the nose, yeah, I can, I'd say... I don't know about the spice, definitely get the uh, citrus smell and I do pick up a slight malty, uh, yeah, malt aroma. Um, Can't pick up anything on the spice though. But again, with these things, everything's individual, everybody picks up different scents and different flavours, so uh, yeah, let's have a bit of a squig. Okay, so you kind of got that initial malt flavour, uh, quite prominent across these type of beers um, you then kind of as it flows through, you pick up a little bit of the bitterness a little bit of the citrus it's not um, I wouldn't say it's as citrusy as the kind of modern day beer so anything if you're into like your normal craft um, when they say citrusy and there's quite a citrus punch it's not on that scale at all <clears throat> much more delicate um, just easy drinking and to be honest this time of year where it starts gets a bit like a bit cold you know you want your kind of like you know crease your comforts it's a just a nice simple drink just for you to enjoy you don't need to you know go OTT with it um but overall I think yeah there's not really much else I can say to it very pleasant very sessionable um not gonna you know knock your socks off but yeah if you haven't tried it, definitely definitely worth a blast it, I, I find it quite a pleasant drink <clears throat> right so um i thought i'd very briefly talk about uh how things have changed in the weather so this year has been quite a strange year so we've gone from 40 degree heat in the summer um one of the mildest november's i think i've ever come across like normally november's when you know the cold snap kind of sets in but we haven't had that at all um if anything like, I was still wearing shorts uh, in November. I mean, I appreciate I am um, not all the ticket. But, you know, it wasn't uncomfortable wearing shorts outside at all. Now, all of a sudden, this cold snapper just smacked in straight away from uh, last week. And, you know, we've had to do the thing where the heating is now on constantly. Uh, obviously, it's a low in temperature because we can't afford it. You know, we're not rich. And, um, yeah, it, all of a sudden, it's absolutely Bitter cold, ice, snow, everything. It seems like such a massive contrast in the space of a week. Um, I mean, obviously, over in the states, they have quite extreme weather[s] anyway, just because of the sheer size, you know, of the land it covers. We don't have that. You know, the UK is very much a small, singular island where you know the weather doesn't really change massively across the whole countries. So. Overall, I think it's been quite a surprising little coles like snap. Um, as a result of it though I've I don't know if anybody else is the same, but all of a sudden I'm starting like craving my proper winter foods so you know jacket potatoes, you know, proper hearty grubs, things like stews. Now I'm also not a massive fan of pies as a general rule. however um, when it comes to winter, I do quite enjoy like a chicken and leek pie. Um, <clears throat> there's one in particular I, I really actually look up, like, forward to there's um, in Lidl they do a chicken ham hock and leek pie I think it is now they only ever do it for winter it's like one of their specials and normally it costs about like three quid it's a decent size you know probably say a good two handful definitely like you know if you're feeling a bit on the greedy side you can split it between two no problem you know with some uh, potatoes or, and some veg no, bit, no no dramas at all um, but yes, like it's just one of the ones that, for me, as soon as the cold weather sets in, that's what I'm craving. I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't want a salad. I want veg. I want hearty. I want warm, I want comfort. You know, everybody else is, like, everybody's got their own little thing that they go to. So some people like to go for a roast. Again, I'm one of those people. Uh, my wife, however, she's one of these people that just prefers salad all year round. and I, I don't quite understand it. Um... You Know when it, I enjoy a salad, don't get me wrong, but you want that in like your kind of mid-weather, your hot weather, it's just easy, light, and yeah, you know, doesn't have the same effect when it's freezing cold and you're eating a cold salad. That again, that's my opinion, but each to their own. Uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> what also happens with the uh cold weather is uh, all the bugs <laughs> tend to do their own. So, for those of you that aren't aware, I do have two very young children so I have one son four years old and I have one that's 19 months old now <clears throat> there's a people always say that you don't really have two kids the same and I think it's you know people even think that's not quite the case when you have twins but you know speaking to people who, who have had twins um, even though they're very similar in their looks and you know what they want and things but the personalities are still are still like massive extremes they just have that like close like connection between each other um i don't think it can highlight that more in my particular um family with how my children cope when they're not well so my oldest when he was like younger massive hey Doggy fan hey Doggy is a, a big a big thing in our house um i think i've spoken about it before but you know, anybody who's got young kids, I'm sure will have understood the hey Dougie hype train. Um it is funny, but you know, it's very much a it's focused on like young kids. But it's a it's a good program, it's not doesn't teach them like bad habits and things. Um now when my son was younger and he got ill, uh he got introduced into Thomas the Tank Engine. Absolutely obsessed with it, and literally I think he watched every episode he could find, like, non-stop for about two years. Still massively into trains, but <clears throat> he's moved on to other things as well now. But generally, um, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine, is always a winner with him. Now, moving on to my youngest. So my youngest, as I said, is only 19 months old. Um, again, jumped on the Hey Dougie hype. You know, loves it straight away. However, this is where it gets slightly different. So, he's been... ...ill with a sickness bug... ...you know... ...I've been up all night... ...one of those... ...things... ...it happens... ...it's horrible... ...but you kind not have to... Just ...ride through the storm... ...however... ...not going to... ...Hey Dougie... ...or Go Jetters... ...is another one that's normally... ...a favourite of his... ...even Mr Tumble... um ...his comfort TV watching... ...is... ...Top Gear... ...and... <laughs> ...there's no real reason for it... ...apart from the fact he's absolutely... ...car obsessed... But literally since I'd say about three o'clock this morning, um, so for about a good 14 hours, he's done nothing but watch Top Gear back to back solely because of the cars. And we've tried to put other things on, so like GoJetters or you know, Mr. Tumble, having none of it, just literally wanted to sit there and veg and watch cars. It's Essentially, it's like he's a teenager in a baby's body. Um, but yeah, I thought that was uh, quite amusing, and so I thought I'd just quickly share that anecdote. Well, not anecdote really, just a story really. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't understand how he has got so obsessed with it. Like, because we used to use it as um, like I used to put any like my type of shows on to use to help like him fall asleep. Because what would happen is if there was anything that he was mildly interested in on the television, he'd like stay awake and watch it. So he used to put my programs on, and he'd get bored and turn it over. Well, not turn it over. Sorry, get bored and just fall asleep. Um, but yeah, top gear that never happened. If anything, I'm massively overstimulated and it wouldn't do anything. So yeah, strange children. But then again, I am their father, so there's not really much else I can say on that, is there? Right. Well, what I'll do is very, before we very quickly move on, is I will drink this, and then we'll move on to the Peter Folk for the episode. Wow, oh, still nice. So, yeah, that was Whetstable Bay by um, Shepherd's Neem. Apart from they advertise it as Fathersham Brewery, it's not. It's all Shepherd's Neem. Um, I mean, yeah, very pleasant drink if you haven't tried it before. <clears throat> right, now this one. Um, this was had a potential to be a wild card, but I don't think it's quite zany enough. Uh, this one is from Camden, and it's called Chili, which is a cold IPA. Now, let me kind of explain why there was a potential for this to be... Um, a wild card I'm just going to read the blurb for you so fancy a cold one? who doesn't? but the cold in this IPA isn't serving temperature 5-7 to degrees if you're asking Uh, it's a new hybrid style brewed with lager yeast but at a warmer temperature flaked rice for a crispy boy and that's boy in B-O-I instantly gets my back up sorry, refreshingness uh, wheat for haze and mouthfeel and new hops for big fruity flavour so I think it was the BOI for boy that really kind of triggered me if I'm completely honest so the malt that they used was Mosaic, mosaic, crayo, Talus and Chinook the yeast was House Lager <clears throat> excuse me and the hops were Pilsner, flight Rice and Wheat overall I don't think that sounds like a particularly nice balance of things. Could be completely wrong. This could be something that blows my mind and actually starts a new trend. Um, but at 6%, seems like it's going to pack a punch. Camden, I've got to be honest, it's one of those breweries where I'm not necessarily drawn to their beers. Um, <clears throat> they go, they do... Um, like, Camden Hells, not a fan of that at all. They do their Camden Pale, not a fan of that at all. Um, I do like their off-menu IPA, though, the one that comes in the little pink cans. That one is actually very nice and very sessionable, so I will give that credit. And I was, it's probably the reason why I aired on the side of caution with the cold IPA, because it's their IPA that I like the most. So I thought it was definitely worth a blast. Now it is a very slight haze i wouldn't say it's a massive massively hazy drink but then again it could have all settled at the bottom um oh it's got got a nice smell on the nose though fruity it's got a fruity element to it but again with that it's got it smells like a nice hoppy punch to it so i think the only thing i can really do at this point in time is you know get stuck in and see what happens so that's quite interesting so on the initialness you obviously get the the multi-flavor you then get them it's a really strange combination so you kind of get a bit of the crispness which i'm assuming is coming from the lager yeast and the rice because that kind of gives that element to like lagers um also mixed in with the fruity hoppiness From the traditional kind of IPA sense of things, and then you get a kind of subtle bitterness towards the end. Um, It's not quite balanced throughout, so because you can't that light crispiness from like what you kind of expect from a normal lager sort of style beer mixed with the, I would say, the deeper, the richer kind of IPA flavours. And it kind of takes your brain in two completely different directions. It's not a don't it get wrong, it's not an unpleasant drink. I just don't think it's necessarily well balanced. Now, somebody else could drink this and think, You're chatting shit, mate, what are you on about? I think it's lovely. Oh yeah, you know, and some people will. I just don't I think they're just going they've gone so varied with the flavours. I'm just not sure that the balance is the right balance for what I want in a beer. I'm gonna. What gonna do is uh, have another quick swig just to see if I can, you know, think anything else from it. Yeah. So the hoppiness is in the initial part, then the lightness from, you know, the crisping uh, rice and the yeast. But that's st- that that IPA hoppiness still lingers throughout it, and then you get the bitterness towards the end. It's not unpleasant. It's just I, I can't really I can't really put my finger on it, but it's just not right. If that's the only way I can say it, it's just yeah it's it's not what I want completely from a beer. You know I don't mind trying it and I'll happily drink the whole can. And it's not going to get in the sink or anything like that. But it's definitely not what I I personally would look for in a beer. If you're a, more, a bit more experimental, it's probably going right up your street. So definitely give that a blast. Um, <clears throat> if you're more traditional. Maybe split it with somebody else or have a swig of somebody else's beer while I have it. So that's the best way I can describe it. Anyway, moving on. Um, so one of the strange things that's kind of been happening uh, this year, this time of year, is the old World Cup of Football. Um, I haven't got sucked into the hype, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think I've only seen about three matches completely. Um, and that was mainly because my wife wanted to watch them. Um it really started with a bad press, which I have covered before, so I won't do that uh, again. But, you know, I think people have gone and got... There were so many people adamant they weren't going to get drawn into the hysteria of the Football World Cup before it started because of the negative press about, you know, Qatar and the way it was done. However, so many people have gone like, gone back on their own words saying oh no I've been loving it I've been yeah I've been enjoying the 10 o'clock games in the morning going all the way through to like 7 at night um you know they've actually fully enjoyed it so if you're a football fan it would be interesting to hear how your interpretation of the world cup has gone um the one thing I would say that's been quite interesting is because it's not been done in the summer as it traditionally would and it's been done in the winter time Obviously a lot of like football seasons have already started, which has kind of thrown a span in the works for especially for some of the bigger countries. You expect to get further along. Now you know, obviously no real spoilers is there, but yeah. You know, um Germany, Spain, Portugal, Brazil, England, yeah, there's a lot of big countries that have been knocked out. Holland as well, or Netherlands. Um <clears throat> Yes, it's definitely not been the predictions and of course like you know teams such as argentina being beaten by um, saudi arabia like japan beating spain and germany you know it, there's been a lot of a lot of turn ups for the books really and i you know i think it has been memorable in that sense for people who do follow the football Now, um, i don't think it will happen again in a lifetime. I think there's too much negative press about the way in which the it was all handled and you know, obviously the corruption calls and things like that. So, but I do think it has been interesting and does open the doors of does it have to be in the northern hemisphere summertime? Can it be open to moving around a bit more and actually throwing few, some more spanners in the works? I think it's definitely got to have. Uh, open the conversations because you know, as I say as, as a global aspect, I do think people have enjoyed it being not in its traditional sense, but then again, you know, it does feel like there have been so many other big tournaments going on, you know, having a similar sort of time. It has kind of exhausted people's finances, I suppose. You know, let's face it, there's a lot of people who aren't rich at the moment, you know, a lot of people, including myself, you, you kind of struggle to, you know, with the heating and paying for the food bills because the, you know, the cost of living at the moment has just gone absolutely through the roof you know, so <clears throat> having so many different big events on at the same time I think probably has hurt um, the amount of money that people are expecting to make but yeah, you know, I do think there's got to be uh, some scope for shifting big tournaments around so they're not at the same time each year I do think that, has, that does have a nicer element to things um, but you yeah. know each to their own, but I do say I'm not a. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not really a football fan. I'm, to be honest, the only reason I uh, do keep an eye on it is because my son has kind of got into it a little bit. Um, and then in the space of I think it's four days, five days, I'm actually going to two football matches. You know, at different stadiums. In all fairness, the one match was uh, originally supposed to be for a to Stag do in September, uh, and of course, because the Queen passed away, it then got postponed. It just. Inconveniently got done to uh, what is it, four days before Christmas three days before Christmas on a Wednesday evening, alright thanks for that brilliant, really what I want Um, and I'd already forgotten that I was going to I'd offered to go to a football match with my father-in-law and take my son because it's our local team versus uh, his local team from where he grew up so yeah Um, (laughs) it hasn't worked out particularly well someone who doesn't particularly like football but you know you put these offers out you've got to stand by them and i'm always one person that stands by what i say so yeah that's definitely going to be a bit of an interesting one but what can you do right that's uh that's probably enough about football really I, i don't really like talking about it too much more um what i will do though is i'm going to get rid of this uh cold ipa so we can move on to the around the world and i'll yeah we'll cover a few more topics shall we say Right, so that was Chilli, the cold IPA by Camden. If you like Experimental, up your street. If you don't like Experimental, give it a wide berth. Right, so the around the world for this episode is Happy Pills by Berlow. So this is a beer that is brewed in Berlin, which is in Germany. 4.9%. Um, it says Happy Pills is a new age pilsner. Think Pills, but hop here. Think your day, but a lot better. That's their tagline, which, to be fair, considering that's an international one, there's far worse uh, labels you get in, like, British beers. So, but, yeah, so the instant thing is, although it's, um... Although it is a Pilsner, it doesn't look like a Pilsner. It is extremely cloudy. Uh, It looks like, I would say, a stereotypical IPA. Um... In kind of, it doesn't have that kind of same IPA smell that you would associate with, the, with that type of beer but it does got the hints of it now obviously my nose is going to be a little bit more strained I suppose is the word because I've just had an IPA so picking up them scents is going to be a lot harder for me however if you're just going straight in you might pick up a, couple, like a bit more of the aroma but it is an extremely hazy beer holds the head really well as well so I'm just going to have a quick swig Right, so the um, the way I can kind of what's the best way to analyse this? So it is literally just like a heavy, heavy pilsner with some quite heavy hops in. Um, it's not heavy hop. When I say heavy hops, I mean it's not heavy as in like you know full on IPA smash. But because of that type of that type of beer, it's not a flavour that you would associate with a type of that type of beer. So. Yeah, I think it's actually one of those ones that if you want something easy drinking like a lager, but you don't want a lager, you want a bit, you know, a bit more something about you I think that's probably one of the best ones to actually uh, point you in the direction. Um, to be honest, I've had a, quite a few uh, Burlow beers, and I actually think they do some quite nice things. Um, obviously, it's each their own. Some people will try other stuff and go, "What the hell is this?" Um, but for me I I think like Burlo is um, a, a really good brand and Happy Pills yes there, I have an IPA of theirs which was you know, I'd probably say more enjoyable for me personally but that Happy Pills it, it's not offensive at all and I think uh, if you do get the opportunity to try it it's definitely worth a blast um, <clears throat> right well moving on to some of the other subjects now I'd, obviously being a big rugby fan I can't uh, skip past the big news that has happened over the last couple of weeks, which is Eddie Jones has been dismissed by the uh, England Rugby Football Union. Um, I think it's a bit of a shock to everybody, really. So, with Eddie Jones, yes, I do feel that he struggled in the Autumn International Series. And, yes, we didn't have a great Six Nations. However... He is a proven World Cup coach. I think he's one of the most successful World Cup coaches in history, if not the one. Um, you know, the fact that they've gone for the change now seems very, very strange to me. Now, <clears throat> obviously at the moment, everybody's like, sticking the name in the hat, so loads of people are being pointed for it. Uh, uh, Richard Cockrell, um, Steve Balfwick... Um, you know Razzy Rasmus I think was uh, even like touted at one point which would never happen uh, but you know I think the biggest thing for me is is not necessarily a shock that he was dismissed I think it's a shock that they've done it now if they were going to move on from it they should have decided this either at the end of the Six Nations or even before in my personal opinion Um This time of year, for me, you've kind of committed. You've got less than a year for a coach to get in. There's not that many games that the uh, team can actually play together to get the ethos correct. So why on earth they decided that this was a good time of year to do that? I have no idea. Whether it was a knee-jerk reaction to the Welsh head coach being dismissed and by them going for a change, I don't know. For me, I think the Welsh position is far was far worse than the English position because, you know, it was a proper gradual slide and something needed to like give really in the Welsh camp. Because they've had so much success over the last like two decades. It's just not something they accept because rugby is, you know, it's their main sport, whereas obviously England it's it's still not. Um you know, it's one of the top ones up there but it's still not the top one, I don't think it's even the top two to be honest um, so for the fact that they've moved on now I do think it's a, a very strange opinion to do so um, obviously there's people who get paid a lot of money to make these decisions uh, hopefully if we crash and burn in the World Cup these people are held accountable, they never are uh, but yeah uh, for me I think it's a, um, I think it's a very strange move and I don't really know what else? Like, what the like what the, the other plans could be for us moving forward. But, yeah, that's my two pence. I could be completely wrong and it could go really, really well. Um, you know, obviously at the moment the big uh, favourite is Steve Borthwick and taking all his coaching staff from Leicester Tigers to England. Now, being a Leicester Tigers fan, that, I would find that absolutely horrific. However, when it comes to um, rugby, the RFU... Call the shots. And basically the rest of us are merely there. Along for the ride. So, But yeah. We'll see. And. Uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be as bad as. What I'm currently predicting. Um, on the uh, other note. I will uh, quickly go through. The old classic. I haven't kind of. Covered it properly. Yet. Um, Christmas films. It is that time of year. You know. What is it? We're less than two weeks. Till Christmas day now. So. There's obviously some people that would have been all sorted for their presents by the end of October. Some people haven't even started yet. I think, <clears throat> as a family, I think we've got the majority of our sorted. Uh, kind of going for a bit more of a quiet one this year, so we kind of had to get ourselves in a position where we can you know, hand things out uh, with plenty of time. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, always an interesting concept of how um, Christmas affects different people. Now... I've probably say I've got into the Christmas spirit a little bit more than what I usually do. Now that could be a combination of a couple of things. Um uh, but there's two main ones that I've put it down to. And it's one, having young children, seeing the excitement that they get when, you know, seeing Santa and all that type of things, you know, watching Christmas films. I mean we've watched Polar Express in half of Christmas God knows how many times already. Uh I'm sure by the time it gets to Christmas Day I'll be like now put something else on. Um The Other element of it, though, is not having to work in retail. Now, I haven't really worked in proper retail for quite a few years now. I mean, I did uh, work in TV, shopping TV, which was kind of a similar type of thing. Not as bad, obviously. Um, But you still kind of had that, oh, it's Christmas. Now, in the uh, environment that I work, it's not around that. And actually things aren't dictated by Christmas, if anything... The Christmas period is where things kind of tend to shut off and calm down a bit. So, if anything, you can have a quite nice relaxing period. So, I think that has helped for me to get into the uh, the Christmas period a bit more. A bit less, a bit less Scrooge, shall I say. Um, don't I'm wrong. One of my favourite films is still The Grinch. So, you know, it's not like I've uh, lost all my grumpiness. So, don't you worry. The grumpy old man is still about. Um, but, but, yeah... I don't know I think it's just quite nice we've got the lights on we've got um, plenty of Christmas films we've got some to be fair we've already smashed through so many of the uh, Christmas snacks already it's no wonder I'm fat um, but yeah it's no I think it's been quite enjoyable so it would be quite nice to see if anybody has any new traditions with the kind of the way things are going the new tradition that we've kind of started is for the first time since Mim and my Wife have been going out it's um, what, ten and a half years now we're actually having our first Christmas um, just us and our children that's it, so we're just doing that, we're doing it at home, we're having something nice, calm, relaxed um, we'll see family throughout the period um, but overall there's no real pressure because my family live in Somerset um, my wife's family live I mean, not too far away from us um, in the Solill region. Uh, But, you know, it's still one of the things... You still have to get all the kids ready, carry things over. They want to keep some toys. So it's a bit of a fight to get, you know, all the clothes on and ready in time. And then dinner's late and kids kicking off. This time we can kind of do all of our own pace. Do what makes us happy. And hopefully... Just pass out on the uh, settee with a, a cheesy Christmas film on uh, while the kids like run around with the new toys. That's the aim, anyway. But yeah, I uh, I have quite enjoyed the uh, build-up this year, so hopefully that's something that we can kind of look forward to moving on. But if there is any cool traditions or anything new that you've uh, started, please uh, let us know, and then uh, maybe we can bring it up in the future podcast. Right, I, better, I suppose i better drink this Happy Pills by Burlow to uh, get on the wild card. So bear with me one moment. Right. So, the wild card for this episode. Now, this one is... I've been looking at this for a while. I've had it for quite some time. Uh, The reason why it's a wild card is because I just don't really know that much about it. I've had a couple of beers from this brewery before. So, this brewery is called Crumbs. So, Crumbs is one of the um, more sustainable, shall we say, but more sustainable breweries. So, they um, generally use like breadcrumbs and things to add... To the beer to pad it out uh, to try and reduce the amount of waste that people are doing. So, you know, for that as a concept, I'm all about that because I'm, I am massively into my environmental things uh, and I do think we should be making, you know, efforts where we can. But then again, we all have that realism is that like our infrastructure just isn't set up for these things. So, these type of companies are just trying to use as much as possible. I, th- I think it's a great starting point and it's only something we can build on moving forward. Uh, but the main reason why. Uh, I'm not too sure about this one, this went to the wildcard category, so this is basically a ruby ale, so I don't tend to have many ruby ales, but it's made with rye bread, so I'll give you a bit of a bit of the blur from the bottle, so Crumbs Brewing make beer using leftover artisan bread from Chalk Hills Bakery in Rye Gate. we're doing our bit for the growing problem of food waste and making unique local beers that do justice to such a delicious ingredient Our rye ruby uses the delicious complex flavours of leftover rye bread. The loaves are made with caraway seeds, and our ruby recipe folds those flavours into a dark, warming brew with real richness. So, interesting. Um, It's five percent, but I think with the uh, let's say rye bread, I don't know about yourselves, but me, I'm more of a uh, white bread wholemeal bread that's just generally what I have I don't really go for the fancy like sourdoughs and all that type of thing I appreciate there's many people that do just not my thing I'm quite a simple man, I like my simple things you know it's not broke, don't fix it I'm happy, I'm as you're well aware with my beers, I'm fully prepared to try you know, new flavours and anything I can come across but I don't know, with me when it comes to bread, I'm I am much more of a traditionalist, I suppose. Um, probably started from, like, you know, when you try granary bread and you break your teeth on the seeds inside it. Probably what popped me off when I was a kid, about six years old. But, yeah. Anyway, I digress. So, this is a ruby ale. So, on the nose, mm, it has got a distinct, I think, probably a malty smell. I don't know if it's associated with the rye bread or not, or with the cario seeds or, you know, anything like that, but it's got a distinct smell to it. Not, pun- not, not pungent, but it is a stronger smell. Bear with me, I'll give it a, a bit of a taste. So the best way I can describe that is... Think of like a, a brown ale... It's probably just like a normal kind of ruby one. Um, but there is a. There's a very subtle hint of like. Fruitiness. But like a winter fruit. Uh, maybe along the lines of like a, a plum. Or something like that. Nothing massive. Just very subtle. Hit in the back of your throat. It's not very complex. It's not very. You know it's not going to like blow your mind or anything like that. But. I think for what I was saying earlier on about the cold weather I think this is one of those ones that actually you just want a nice little open fire or a log burner one of these sit there let the world go by and not worry about a thing I think that's one of those type of beers I'll have another swig, bear with me yeah, so it's not an overpowering flavour at all Um I think it's just one of those that, if you like a ruby, you'll enjoy it. If you don't like a ruby, probably steer clear. There's literally nothing else I can say about that. <clears throat> so, right. It's coming to that time. So, in fourth place, I am going to go for Chili, the cold IPA from Camden. So, I went for it because I do like Camden's normal IPA off-menu, but for me, Chili... Just didn't work, uh, too complex. If you like your fussy beers, it's probably up your street. For me, much more simple, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, in third place, I'm going for the Rye Ruby Ale, um, nice, hearty, drinkable, not generally my style. So, again, it is one of those ones all based on personal taste. Uh, In second place, I am going to go for the Happy Pills by Burlow. Again, nice drink, quite enjoyable. And I do like their stuff. I just think there is other better beers about. But in comparison with the four I've got on the table in front of me, I think second place gives it justice. And then in last last place, in first place, Whistable Bay. Uh, Nice, simple pale ale. Easy drinking. Um, Yeah, one set your world on fire. But, you know, I could happily drink that all day long. Uh, Right, so very briefly, uh, before I end the episode, I just want to mention about the terrible tragedy that happened in my local area uh, yesterday. So there's an area called uh, Babin Mills uh, Lake in Kingshurst, where unfortunately um, four young boys uh, fell through the ice on the frozen lake. we're not sure on the details at the moment all we know is that the uh, three elder boys uh, unfortunately did pass away from cardiac arrest as a result of falling through the ice and there is one uh, fighting for their life, I think he's six years old, inside the um, hospital Um, you know it's very touching, we're not too sure what's going to happen, as you can probably all appreciate, it is a horrific horrific story uh especially this close to christmas as well for you know young families um all i can say is uh with the families you know we're thinking of you sending prayers um it, the devastation will be something that they you know only they will be able to experience and you know i wouldn't wish it on anybody so please um Please remind me your thoughts and, you know, the horrific, horrific end to, you know, a tough year in general. Uh, but yeah, on that summer note, uh, thank you very much for spending time with me again. Um, I will be trying to get another episode out before the end of the year, uh, hopefully with a guest. Um, you know, trying to arrange the guests is always hard. Uh, but I am hoping to still get some more. There is some potentials in the pipeline, so please bear with me. But thank you very much for your time. Have a safe Christmas. Look after yourselves. And yeah, I'll be speaking to you soon. Thanks, goodbye.